All right, praise the Lord. Can you, uh, why don't you just stand and welcome Daniel as he comes up to share? Awesome. Glory to God. Wow. Todd and Rachel, you guys have got the most amazing church. This is such an honor for me to be here. Seriously, like, this is what when you get hunger and faith and you mix it all together and amazing people, this is awesome. You've got a great church here. This is amazing. Can we give the Lord some praise for that? And all the team, I've just, I'm still processing what's been happening over the last three days. It's really been amazing and had the privilege of being in that historical revival site, not just a historical site, but a historical revival site over in Munta. And I'm really grateful for this church for saving that, rescuing that ground, that revival, that ancient well, that revival hub. And we've been smacking the the ground and unplugging that well over the last three days and it's really 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 awesome strike the ground on wells of revival so many much prayer has gone into that place and the history is phenomenal and I am a little bit of a revival geek in terms of studying revival and saying God wow but I don't just want to like leave it in the historical realm I want to be inspired by that testimony builds faith and faith says God we want to see it now And there's always an invitation in terms of testimony and history for for us to say, God, if you can do it then, you can do it now and greater. Remember, Jesus, he spoke to the disciples and he said, see what I do? That's awesome, right? All the the miracle gospel, or sorry, the, the miracles in the gospels are amazing. But then before he went to be with the Father, he said, I'm gonna leave you a comfort of the Holy Spirit and you're gonna see greater miracles and that heart to expect greater should be in our heart to believe for more than what we've seen before munta was awesome the history was awesome the revival history in adelaide and the supernatural connection that you just found out between this church and that church in munta amazing so as I said, I'm still, I'm talking to you, still processing it. So <laughs> forgive me if it doesn't, if it's not too articulated, because I'm still trying to work it out too. But what I can tell you is 100% that God's wanting to rock us today. Yeah, 100%. Wherever I've been in the last, I should, I should say, wherever I've been where there's hunger over the last almost a year, I've noticed that since July last year, where there's hunger, God is absolutely pouring out His Spirit. Remember the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. He's the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Wherever there's hunger, God's turning up, rocking up in powerful ways. I started to see some things in 2017, 2018 that was starting to blow our mind, 2019 in terms of revival. And we were getting pretty excited. Many of the prophetic people around the globe were getting pretty excited. We're about, we're stepping into the last end time move of God. 
Many prophets have spoken about this end time move of God. Smith Wigglesworth is one that many of us have spoken about. We have waged the good warfare. Man, I'm feeling the fear of the Lord right now. Sometimes I preach really fast and loud, but right now I just feel the, such a fear of the Lord in this place right now. But many of us have been waging a good warfare. Through prophecy. That's what the Bible says. Prophecy is very, very powerful. This is one of the most prophetic churches I've ever been a part of. And I feel so stirred in my heart, so much faith in my heart just being around you guys. But we're to wage a good warfare with prophecy. Prophecy is an invitation. It's not necessarily just going to come to pass unless we grab a hold of it. Or it will come to pass, but it might not be through us, and I don't want to miss it. And I really believe there's an invitation in the Spirit right now for God to do something in our midst like we've never, ever seen before. Waves of revival like we've never seen before. If you're with me on that, feel free just to shout out amen. Come on. Smith Wigglesworth. Bob Jones talked about a prophecy. And he believed, very similar to Smith Wigglesworth, about a billion soul harvest. Put your hand up if you've heard rumors of that or even direct reports of that prophecy and from my understanding he talked about that in the 1980s he's no longer with us anymore and he said at that time american football is pretty big and he said you'll know the time because the chiefs will win the super bowl and when he said that it was very unlikely they're going to win they're always in the bottom of the ladder but then in 2000 just before the lockdown the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And many of the prophetic people were saying, this is it, this is one of the signs. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said, you'll know one of the signs will be when the Word and the Spirit come together. And we're starting to see that, aren't we? We're starting to Bapticostals and, and uh, you know, it's, it's not just people in the Word, but it's like, who cares about the denomination stuff? Let's just, we want it all. We want the Word, we want the Spirit the miracles, everything. Man, I'm finding it really difficult to, uh, to, I preached a lot better last night, but it's not my fault. It's definitely God doing this right now. Ah, oh, Jesus. So where was I? I was talking about being a revival uh, a geek, and uh, I've got, just to show you some evidence of that, I've got, the Revival Study Bible. Uh, I feel like I'm just living for revival. I couldn't give a rip about anything else. I should be dead, actually. You know, um, in 1980, my parents got radically saved. My dad was a farmer, actually comes from a line of Dutch farmers, and he was on a market garden in, in the early 1980s, about the age of 24. And um, my auntie had just got saved, his sister, and she began to pray for him. And around the time that she was praying, my father, three o'clock in the morning, it was dark, and he said he was driving the tractor, and all of a sudden, he said it was like everything lit up. His eyes were open. He went into an open vision. God was pouring out his spirit because of the prayers of his sister. The effectual, fervent prayer 
of the righteous avails much. Keep praying for your unsaved family and friends. Amen. And there's an open vision. And Jesus appeared and he said, like there was a whole lot of details. He, he saw his life flash before his eyes, all of the, everything that he ever did. And he just thought, all of my life has really been um, pointless without Jesus. And then he heard the Lord say to him, he heard Jesus say to him, Tony, I've called you to be my soldier. That was in the early 1980s. And then anyway, he, after work, he ran home, freaked out, and he began to like explain to my mom what had happened. And around that time, they were also really searching. They were really struggling in their marriage as a young married couple. And they were really sort of searching for meaning in life. And they were starting to have some conversations about whether God's real or not. Anyway, as dad comes back and shares that testimony, there's a knock on the door. At exactly that time, there's a knock on the door. And guess who it was? It wasn't a Jehovah Witness, thank God. <laughs> or a Mormon. That's a fake Jesus. That's a counterfeit Jesus, by the way, if you didn't know that. But it was a Christian pastor. And he said, I was just in the area and I actually felt to come and knock on your door. Right when dad was sharing this testimony about this open vision at 3, 3 a.m. in the morning. And normally dad would say, no, go away, we're not interested. But this time, because of that encounter, he's just sharing with mom. Him and mom both freak out and like, yeah, please come in. <laughs> please come in. He goes, can I just... Can I explain to you the Bible? And they said, yes, sit down. And every week they'd come back and disciple them. And then they ended up in Tim Hall's church and all of our family got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, which is awesome. But then around the age, I was about the age of three then, around the age of 10, I sadly, our family, we, we left church. There was some church politics and church split. Mum and dad were discouraged, you know, because... How many people know church is not perfect and uh, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly? Because it's not, it's not God's fault, people. It's our fault. <laughs> there's no perfect church, by the way. And uh, initially, they looked for another church, but the enemy kind of just threw offense and through just hurts. They slowly went out of church and the months went by, the years went by, and then a decade went by and we weren't in church and all of a sudden, hell hit our family, and in particular, me. And I loved worship. I would watch mum and dad as a kid be a part of the worship team. And I actually started to practice music and, and I was gifted with music. Uh, and I learned that in church. But then when our family left church, I had no Christian influence around me. And I took that gift. We formed a band. The band took off really quickly. And all of a sudden we're playing in all these nightclubs. This innocent kid brought up in churches all of a sudden in nightclubs. Uh, very... Um, crazy days and quickly I my life spiraled out of control I couldn't go a day without speed without ecstasy cocaine the old cliche sex drugs and rock and roll that was my reality for many years and as a result of me engaging in uh, like debauched sexual practices and drugs demons began to enter my world and I quickly spiraled out of control the doctors would describe it as paranoid schizophrenia so on for a very long time bipolar uh, but really it was demonic spirits had taken over because I'd opened the door through just gross sin and that, that world is just crazy. So I say all that because I'm, I should not be here. There's many times I should be dead. I got caught up in the underworld just through the nightclub scene and I, I should be dead. Interestingly enough, our, as crazy as I was, the um, 
the record label scene was still interested in our music. I, I found it very hard to communicate. I was like schizophrenic, paranoid, crazy, yet we were still writing good music and people were still interested in that for some reason. And then in 2003, my mum and dad began to pray again, which was awesome. Begin to get back involved in church, called a local pastor named Frank Clancy, an old Vietnam vet who himself had a radical encounter with Jesus. And she actually called, my mum called a number of different church pastors. And most of them, sadly, gave advice that I should see some sort of uh, psychological help. Go to a, put him in a psych ward, whatever, you, you know. And, uh, but Frank said, how about I come around to the house where you're staying when he's not there? And we'll pray and we'll march around the house and we'll plead the blood of Jesus and we'll break things off in the spirit. That's the sort of pastor I want. <laughs> so we did that. And around that time, that's when things really began to break off and I began to see clearly. And I ended up in a local church. Had an encounter, a church just like this, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Changed my life forever. And I'm so grateful for the power of God. And ever since that day, I just knew my heart is just for the church, is for God. I want to see people encounter the same spirit that I encountered, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And so that's why I'm here today. I should be dead. I can't offer much in my own strength, to be honest. But what I 100% know is that God's here with us now. He's here, it living inside me. It's something called the dunamis miracle working power of God. And I know, I just know 100% that he is gonna absolutely rock some people this morning. I had a dream last week and God spoke to me in the dream and he said in the coming meetings, I want you to share this scripture and then I'm gonna demonstrate it. He spoke to me specifically in a dream, a word of knowledge in a dream. He said, in the coming meetings, I want you to share this scripture. You guys wanna know what it is? <laughs> Matthew chapter eight, verse 16 and 17. Matthew chapter eight, verse 16 and 17. These are the scriptures that he gave me in the dream. He said this, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. I'll give you a quick little bit of theology. I'll share a little bit more. And then I really believe God wants to demonstrate what's written right here. Is that okay? So Isaiah prophesied and said, he himself, who's that? Jesus, he himself took our infirmities. Infirmities is sickness and disease and bore our sickness. What was he quoting there? Isaiah 53, chapter 53. Written 500 years, at least 500 years before Jesus went to the cross. Isaiah was prophesying, foretelling what Jesus was to go through. He described it. Isaiah 53, five in particular talks about the benefits in the atonement. Jesus died a, a gruesome, brutal death on the cross. And it says, by his stripes, we 
are healed. A lot of people wrestle with that. A lot of people are happy to believe that He died on the cross for our sin. And many of the wider church are happy to agree with that, as we should, because He absolutely died for our sin. And I would even say first and foremost, so that sin can be removed, so that we can be born again, ultimately so we can be in right relationship with God. Yeah, if you think that's awesome, let's give Jesus some praise for that. So that's a part of the atonement. But what many of us don't realize is that God wants us to understand the fullness of the atonement, body, soul, and spirit, not just in heaven, but now. And Scripture interprets Scripture. Many people argue with Isaiah 53, 5, specifically around healing. They don't argue around the salvation part, forgiveness of sin, but they do around physical healing. They say, no, that's just referencing spiritual healing. We can't expect physical healing now. We'll have our glorified body in heaven one day. That's when you'll be healed. But no, Jesus paid the ultimate price for you to be well now, for you to be set free now. So many people, over the last year, we've seen such an increase in, uh, in demons being cast out, in freedom being released, because a lot of believers don't realize that they have access to this type of freedom. And many people are sitting in churches all around the world, tormented by devils, by sickness, by disease, not really realizing the access that they have to this. Come on. And so Matthew is bringing an interpretation, a scriptural interpretation about Isaiah 53.5. So we can absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus wants to heal the sick, that He has given us everything right now. He has paid the ultimate price so that we can have freedom. In Isaiah 53.5, it also says the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. So many people... Uh, taking all of these pills and medications for depression, anxiousness. There's an increase, there's a, there's a demonic outbreak in these things all around the world. People are desperate, they're broken. Their identity is smashed up and they're looking for the answer in all these wrong ways. That's why you've got so much craziness and confusion. Right now, you see it around the world. It's like, what is going on? The world's gone crazy. People are like, I'm so empty, so broken, so depressed, so hurt. What do I do? Maybe I should be a man. Maybe I should be a woman. Maybe it's my gender issue. Maybe that's where my freedom's going to come. Then they transition and realize, hang on, this is, hasn't fixed the problem. We just had a, a lady recently in Melbourne. We led to the Lord, got a delivered of demonic spirits. She would describe herself as transgender. She was in the process, the hormone process. Just a young lady. You could tell she was just just lost, just looking for the answer. What is wrong with me? Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe if I do this. She got delivered and encountered the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Come on. And we were able to lead her to the Lord, but not only that, she wanted to get water baptized, so we baptized her in the Frankston beach. We kept our eyes out for Dan Andrews to make sure we weren't going to go to jail. <laughs> I think he was in China at the time, so we were okay. Yeah. 
glory to God. But our identity is found in Jesus. There's a hole in all of our hearts, and we try, many of us fill it in different ways. We try to, and we come up short every time. Jesus is the answer. He's amazing, and He wants to set people free today. I really believe that. Um, Jackie helped us out in Turalgon. We had a, some amazing meetings early in the year, and Jackie was really the general that just trained up all the street ministers and took teams out onto the streets. It was awesome. We took the, um, a, a regional basketball stadium, and we set up for around six nights and we just preached the gospel and it was a regional area and people come in from all over the place, off the streets, got saved, got healed, got delivered. It was amazing. We saw many people with scoliosis healed, people with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatism, all sorts of different diseases that were dramatically healed. One person come in with a walking uh, frame, didn't know Jesus, came in, didn't really know what to expect. We had a word of knowledge. She come forward with a walking frame. Um, we prayed for her, got blasted, hit the deck. And uh, in the natural, it doesn't make sense, does it? Like someone comes in with a, a walking frame and then boom, she hits the deck. And we let her sort of like, we let her just enjoy the Holy Spirit for a little bit. When she got back up, she's like, whoa, all the pain's gone. Isn't it? And she's literally holding up the walking frame. And by the end of it, we did a fire tunnel and she's coming through the fire tunnel. And by the end, we got video of her like starting to come through like this and she's, dancing and she's like this church this is awesome is this church <laughs> oh yeah this is Jesus this is awesome so I believe that um, God wants to do that right now that Jesus wants to heal the sick right now did I tell you about this story yet the revival Bible story I get a bit distracted sometimes so over the last three days, it's been really, really, I would say trippy. Like it's been, I'm still trying to process it. It's been really amazing. But as I said, this, this revival Bible means a lot to me, partly because a man named Winky Prattney gave it to me in 2017. Who's heard of Winky Prattney? Put your hand up. So I was really studying the Jesus People movement um, during that time because I felt it was a prophetic reference. We were doing an event called Awakening Australia in the Marvel Stadium. Does anyone, who was there? Or, awesome. I met a guy last night in Munter and he said, my family, thank you for doing that. My family got saved there from Adelaide. Isn't that awesome? Um, so I found myself like studying that and then using that as a reference point when trying to explain it to some more traditional pastors. He's like, what is this that you're trying to uh, involve us in? Because we're trying to bring all the churches together for it. And I said, it's a bit like the Jesus people movement. And that was something that they could, okay, cool, I, I get that. Because it was Christ in all of us. It's like this raw move of God. That's a part of what God's doing right now. I don't think it's any coincidence right now that the Jesus Revolution movie has just been released. And by the way, it's an awesome movie if you haven't seen it. Seen it. So I'm thinking about that and talking about that, referencing that. One day I'm preaching in the Gold Coast. And at the end of the sermon, I noticed, I didn't notice during it, but I noticed Winky Prattney was there. And I'd just been like listening to him preach on YouTube when he was Keith Green and all these guys from the 70s and realized he was instrumental in discipleship in the 1970s and through that Jesus People movement. And I'm like, whoa. And anyway, I got to chat with him and, and went out to lunch with him and his wife and then uh, went back to where he was staying. And that's when he gave me this. 
Bible revival. And what it is, it's the Bible, but it also documents, like you can see these paragraphs here, all sorts of different um, revival information, different revivals around the world. And I love that. And often I'll be reading something and then I'll read the, the, commentary, the revival commentary around that scripture. And um, so that's like, I take this everywhere. It's my favorite Bible. Anyway, in the plane, my, my wife just made a little comment before I left, she said, did you know Munta is in the Bible revival? I'm like, awesome. It's on the plane. I'm going through the index and I'm looking it up. There's only two revival references about Australia in here. And Munta is one of them, a big feature in this Bible. And I'm like, awesome. What an honor to be able to go and be a part of what you guys are doing here, redigging that ancient well. Isn't that awesome? So I'm thinking about that um, before I go into the meeting, I was just outside the door and I'm thinking about that. You know, sometimes you, you're wondering, what, what should I share? And like, you have notes, like I've got a whole sermon here that I was gonna share and I haven't touched it at all. Cause sometimes you get in the moment and you just start sharing different things prophetically. You don't know why. You're sharing something sometimes. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. You know how it is. Um, and you just think, Jesus, you better rock up because this is not the best preach today. And then it's all good because he always rocks up. But anyway, so as I was thinking about Winky Prattney and what to share, I'm like, yeah, I should share that. And I step in and I, my iPad was turned off because I wanted to save the battery. I turn it on. I don't know about you guys, but when, every time I turn my iPad on, in the middle, a different photo, like a memory comes up each time you turn it on. And I have literally thousands of photos, whether they're, I think they're in the cloud somewhere. So uh, this is the only sort of cloud seating we should be doing. And uh, so, uh, let's not go there right now. There's some weird stuff going on right now, right? So I turn it on and guess what photo it was? It was the photo of us with Winky Pratt and his wife and my family. And every time you turn it on, a different photo comes up. So I'm like, I need to, that, that's weird. I was just thinking that. Turn my iPad on and that photo from 2017 is there. And I'm like, AI is pretty good and pretty freaky. Like many of us have been talking about things and all of a sudden we turn on Facebook and there's an ad for what we were talking about because they, you know, they capture the words, etc. But this, this was next level. I was thinking it. Turn on the iPad and there's the photo of Winky Prattney. What's the odds of that? You can't make that up. So I'm, I'm taking a screenshot. No one's going to believe me. You guys probably would. So I took a screenshot of it. It's even got the, the day and the time, 8.05, Friday. That's Winky Prattney. And that's the day that he gave me the Bible revival. With the footnote that I'm freaking out on as a revival geek of Munta, and here we are in Munta. So I thought that was pretty weird and pretty awesome and amazing and prophetic and confirmation, the Jesus revolution, God wants to do it again. God's wanting to unlock these revival wells. Come on, Jesus. So that's probably enough to finish off the story to say, wow, that's awesome. But it gets weirder. What was the gentleman's name again? Henry. Henry. 
Henry gets up the next day and says, by the way, he wanted to share, he said, something really weird happened. I looked at my phone just before I said that, and he said, it was really weird. That photo came up on my phone in his memories. And he's like, I'm not even Facebook friends. <laughs> at exactly the same time. That's weird. That's like, that's like a heavenly airdrop. And you know, I am a little bit like freaked out at the ability of AI. Like it's like, whoa, like a lot of us are like, man, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And I'm not against technology, but uh, I think AI, the enemy's certainly gonna use that. God will use it, the enemy's gonna use it. But a lot of us are sort of like marvel a little bit at AI and I honestly believe that God is gonna freak a lot of us out with unusual signs and wonders. It's gonna blow any artificial intelligence away. The maker of heaven and earth is uh, far more amazing than any AI. And if you're with me on that, shout out, amen. So I say all that because I believe that's confirmation that God is doing something in our midst. The Jesus revolution all again. We've seen what's happening in Asprey. Anyone seen what's happening in Asprey and been celebrating that? Well, if you didn't know that there was a huge outreach, just this, uh, sorry, huge revival just this year. A university and people just continued to come. Worship continued nonstop, days and days and days and weeks. It got so phenomenal, people come in from all over the country and they actually had to shut it down because the streets were just packed. People couldn't get into the town anymore. Why is that relevant to this? Well, in the 1970s, just before the Jesus revolution, the Jesus people movement broke out, they also had a revival in Asprey. It wasn't documented as much because of the social media factor now, but there was just as just a powerful uh, as a move just as powerful as what happened in the 19 uh, what sorry what happened this year happened in the 1970s and many believe that Asprey has been like a prophetic barometer for revival and so I believe that all of these things aren't coincidences the Jesus the release of the Jesus revolution movie he's wanting to do that and more okay I want to ask everyone to stand to their feet Over the last three days, we have seen bodies healed. We've seen demons cast out. We've seen souls saved. It was so beautiful as Todd shared with us. Young people, children were coming to the Lord at the altar and it wasn't their parents pushing them forward. They were literally running forward and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing right now that we're gonna see the same thing. I'd love to invite the band back up too, if that's okay. Uh, one of the reasons I want to invite them back up is because when we were worshiping during that song, Champion, when we were singing, when I open up my mouth, miracles break out, I felt God on that. I felt the anointing on that. And I'd love it if you could just go back to that song. And in a moment, I'm going to call some sp specific things out for people to come forward. And I believe, and one of the things about this Matthew scripture that God gave me in the dream, there was a correlation between demonic spirits being cast out with the word and physical healing. Uh, 
a lot of people don't realize that some physical ailments and afflictions that we carry are a direct result, not always, but a direct result of demonic influence, oppression. Now, Christians, I believe, can't be possessed with demonic spirits, but demonic spirits can um, try to bring oppression and torment, and particularly if we don't know our authority in Christ, or they come in illegally. They could be open doors, but they come in illegally and we have to take authority in the spirit because we're called to be ambassadors to drive those things out, to kick those things out. What I've been seeing over the last, particularly the last four months, we've seen people with decades, uh, issues and afflictions and torment, they've carried it for decades. And in these sovereign moments, there's something sovereign right now, particularly I believe around deliverance and freedom and healing, that all of a sudden these strongholds that they've been carrying for so long, they've even attended churches for years and years and years, all of a sudden, bang, the finger of God is touching people and demons are being driven out and healing is breaking out. We've noticed such an increase. I'm not exaggerating, I promise, a dramatic increase and I can feel it here right now. And God said, the banner over these meetings is soteria. It's a, it's a coined in Greek word for salvation that means uh, saved, healed, and delivered. And He gave me this scripture, spoke a word, they were delivered, and they were healed of the various diseases, fulfilling Isaiah 53, 5, by His stripes we're healed. The chastisement of our peace is upon Him. I specifically want to call up first anyone